this week I was tidying up the office and suddenly there was this loud noise that started to happen. And I was like, what is going on? And for a few seconds I didn't know what was happening. And then I realised it was the fire alarm. And so I head out into the corridor and I meet Melody and she's our children's worker. And Melody turns to me and she's like, is it a drill? And I was like, I don't know, but either way, we should probably get out. And so amazingly, what happens next is both of us turn back to our offices. I go and get my phone and then I go downstairs and I go out the front door and I meet everybody and we're all sort of waiting to have our names called. And for a couple of seconds, I just stand there and I go, where's Melody? And I start to look around and I'm like, oh my goodness, where is Melody? And I look at my phone and I go, did I value my phone over Melody right now? Is she burning in Riverside House? She wasn't. She came through that door a couple of seconds later and not only did she have her phone, she had her bag and her purse and her wallet and her jacket, which is not good practice for fire safety, everybody. But I realised in that moment that I valued my phone, possibly, over Melody's life in that second. Um, I wonder, what do you place value in? Have a little think. What is it that you place value in? Perhaps it's something material, a little bit like me, possibly, like our phones, or maybe it's pictures we have, or something that is uh, something we can hold. Or it might be something that we can't hold on to. It could be our freedom. It could be our health, things that we have that are valuable. Uh, something that is valuable for people in particular, are people that collect things. Do we have anyone that's a collector here today? A couple of people? No, maybe not. People that collect some stuff. Uh, when I was growing up, I collected these things. Uh, they're trolls. Um, I had like an Edexcel spreadsheet that had their names. It had what their costumes were. It had how much they cost. These aren't actually mine. I just found this in a Google image. Um, but these are some of the things that I valued growing up. Uh, then uh, my grandparents, they had uh, little toy cars uh, that they collected, which was super for fun when you're a kid because they're all in boxes and you're not allowed to touch them. I was like, I can't play with these. Uh, my dad, he collects uh, pigs, not real pigs, just anything pig related. And my mum collects garden gnomes. Um, and I don't know uh, about you, but if you collect things or you value things, then you will put worth into them. You will spend time, you will spend money, prayer, thoughts, etc., on whatever you count to be valuable. And obviously, we all have different things that we value differently according to our interests, what we like. Uh, for example, these may be not valuable to you, but for me, they are. And there are some that I still have today that I won't get rid of because they are so valuable to me. And um, today, we are concluding our summer series, and we are looking at the There Is No Them, Only Us. And we've been looking at the early church and Christians and how they were taught to respond and react with one another, how we should have relationship with one another. And this is our last sort of talk in the series, looking at one another's. And we're looking at honour one another this morning. And how do we do that? And in studying the word honour, uh, it comes across as the word value. In 1 Corinthians 7 verse 23, it says, "'You were bought at a price.'" And the word price is the same Greek word for honour. This idea that to have honour for something is to value something, to have a cost or it to be precious to you. And it starts with something in your heart and then we show somebody or something that we value them. And with value comes this idea maybe of respect. 
And we're going to look a little bit later on how it's not always easy to honour those that maybe don't respect us or that we struggle to have this idea of value for. However, uh, one thing that we can do is respect people that we value. Some people that I respect include my parents, uh, uh, there, uh, there is my husband, there's my boss and my friend Sarah, and there's also this lady who, oh, mm, I'm imagining nobody in here will know who she is. Uh, she is a Scottish lady called Lauren Hendry, and uh, I had the honour of meeting her just over a week and a half ago. I went to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival for five days, uh, and I was there watching shows, and I stumbled across her one-woman show. And she was sharing and performing her story. And uh, I was honoured to listen to what she had to say and to hear about her achievement. Uh, um, so last year, I trained uh, for the Birmingham Half Marathon, having never run it ever before in my life. Uh, so obviously, something in Lauren's story resonates in me, uh, this idea of somebody who managed to do the seemingly impossible uh, through just grit and determination. Um, and, you know, obviously that's something for personally, for me, that I see value in that, and therefore I respect her. And it wasn't just me, there was the rest of the audience as we were sat there at the end, and some people were stood clapping, and I was clapping as well, and for a good minute or two, as she bashfully was bowing, we were trying our best to honour her for, and to show value to her for something that she had achieved. And I don't know about you, but I wonder, when have we ever felt in our lives really honoured, really valued, really precious or costly. When are those times for you when you have realised that you have that value? And I think for me, reflecting, it's things like when my friends or my brother or my sister-in-law invited me to be part of their bridal party at their wedding, to be bridesmaids. Or for me, even this week, I had the honour of meeting my first niece uh, called Maddie. Uh, and there's a little picture, I think, of her. Um, and realising that I have the honour of being in her life for the rest of her life kind of thing, and the honour of that. Or perhaps it's meeting with a friend who shares with you something really intimate and sitting and crying and praying and being there for them is a real honour. And I think reflecting on it made me think that honouring one another is about being invited into something. For me, when I was invited to be part of a bridal party or invited almost to go and meet Maddie and be part of her life, or when a friend shares with me, I'm honoured because I'm part of something bigger than just me. I'm invited to something more. And I think honouring ourselves, honouring one another, as Venus Williams nicely puts, it's thrilling and it's an honour to be part of something bigger than your own self. This idea that when we honour one another, we lay down our selfish wants and what we want uh, for something and someone else. And obviously our greatest example of that is when God sent Jesus to die for us. And Lindsay shared already today about that, just in brief about what he did for us. And with Lauren, I felt an absolute honour, not just because she inspires me athletically, because what Lauren did for me was she invited me to be part of her story. She invited me to be part of something bigger than what I am. And that's what Jesus does for us. He invites us to be part of something bigger. And that's, I think, why he wants us to honour one another, that we are together in something more. And if you don't know about 
what we're talking about, this Jesus that wants to honour us, then please do speak to maybe someone you came with or anyone here in church because we would love to talk more about this Jesus that we have a relationship with and that we know. And I read at the start from um, Philippians 2 verse 3 about valuing others above yourself. And um, as I started to reflect on that, I started to realise that actually... That comes from learning to value yourself first before you can value anybody else. And I started to realise that in my life, I wasn't valuing myself. And therefore, this talk itself has been a journey for myself about how do I value who I am. And perhaps for you, you might feel in a situation similar. You've heard me talking about value and being precious and being costly. And actually, you either don't feel that or you've never felt it or maybe you've lost understanding what that feels through circumstances in life, not really fully understanding what our value is. And if we don't know our own value, then how on earth are we meant to value others above ourselves? And um, I was reflecting and looking at a story that I come back to quite regularly in life and seem to uh, resonate with me with different characters, and it's the prodigal son. And if you've uh, never read or heard about the prodigal son, what happens is there is a father who has two sons. And one of his sons says to his father, please can I have my inheritance now? Um, I want to go off and do my own thing. I don't think you understand who I am. I don't think you know what makes me happy. And I don't really think you love me and I want to go and do my own thing. And that son goes off and he spends his money on wild living. He does whatever he fancies. He goes and spends it wildly, not honouring his family or his actions or even himself, really. Um, And he goes off and eventually he ends up broke and broken in a pigsty with some pigs. And he's eating uh, from the pigsty because he has no money and nothing left. And eventually he realises that he should probably return home to his father um, because actually this isn't the way to be living. He is lost. And um, I'm just wanting to read the end of the story to you from the storybook Bible, mainly because it's just brilliant. And it's the little book that I gave to Maddie this week. So what happens? As he starts for home, he begins to worry. Dad won't love me anymore. I've been too bad. He won't want me for his son anymore. And so he practices his I'm sorry speech. And all the time, what he doesn't know is that day after day, his dad has been standing on his porch, waiting, straining his eyes, looking into the distance, waiting for his son to come home. He just can't stop loving him. He longs for the sound of his boy's voice. And he can't be happy until he gets him back. The sun is still a long way off, but he sees his dad coming. What will the dad do? Will he fold his arms and will he frown? Will he shout, that'll teach you? And just you wait, young man. No, that's not how this story goes. The dad leaps off the porch and he races down the hill. Through the gap in the hedge, up the road... And before his son can even begin his I'm sorry speech, his dad runs to him, throw his arms around him and can't stop kissing him. He takes his own robe and places it onto his son. 
Let's have a party, his dad shouts. My boy is home. He ran away. I lost him, but now I have him back. And Jesus told them, God is like the dad who couldn't stop loving his boy. And people are like the son who said, does my dad really want me to be happy? Jesus told this story to show them what God is like and to show people what they are like so they could know however far they ran, however well they hid, however lost they were, it wouldn't matter because God's children can never run too far or be too lost for God to find them. And God is, God is like that dad who couldn't stop loving his boy. The dad takes off his robe and he puts it on his son. Oh, check out this, found it in the old costume cupboard at work. feel very regal putting this on. Excellent. I might just do the rest of my talk like this. Um, so he gives the robe to the son. People familiar of this, yes. Uh, so God clothes us each in a robe of honour. Those that come to him, he says, I want to put this on you. Even though you do deserve to be in those rags and you do deserve in some ways to be uh, eating with the pigs and dirty, I choose to put this robe onto you. Um, and before we go on to look at how we can honour other people, I just want to make sure that we all understand the value of what that means. That God would send Jesus to die for us so that we could wear this robe. And I'm not going to lie with you, I do this all the time with it. I shrug it off. I say, oh, I'm not important. I speak negatively about myself and my value. I don't listen to God when he is prompting me and poking me and saying, do this or don't do that. I choose to give in to temptation all of the time and I choose to throw this robe away and say, I deserve to be in these rags instead. And you know what we, we do in some ways? But that doesn't mean I should just live in the pigsty. There's this robe right here for me. And God wants us to put it on and wear the honour that he wants to put on us, that he freely gives to every single one of us that it's there for. And I'm not saying it's easy and it doesn't come overnight, this idea of putting on this robe of honour. It is something that takes time and every day almost to be coming back to and saying, I am valuable, I have a value, and that value is in that God would die for me. And that's not an easy thing and, and does take time, but hopefully will be a visual reminder for you that you are valued. So maybe let us just pray before I continue about valuing and honouring one another. So, Father, thank you that I can never run too far or be too lost for you to find me. And thank you for honouring me. Please teach us all to wear your honour well and to honour others well. Amen. Um, be devoted to one another in love. No, I'm going to keep it on. Honour one another <laughs> above yourselves. Romans 12, verse 10. So I just have got three little points about how we can wear honour well. And firstly, the way that we can wear honour well is through our actions. Uh, because what we wear influences us. 
Yes, there we are, my cape moment. Uh, what we wear influences us. Uh, my degree is in something called visual theatre, uh, which is a degree that no longer exists. So excellent work there, Naomi. Uh, they disbanded it after I got my degree. So it's kind of a weird one. It looks at just every aspect of performance, basically, not just the visual, but also audio as well. Uh, looking at costume designing, set designing, all sorts of different things. Um, and one of my modules was in costume design. And I was like, oh, great, excellent. I'm going to learn how to make robes or things like that. Oh, no, of course not. It's university. You don't pay whatever ridiculous amount of money to learn something helpful. Instead, we looked at how we could make costumes out of everyday objects and wearable art. Um, so I thought I'd share with you some of my interesting things that I created. So the first one was um, this one. So if you remember like an overhead projector, found one of those lurking around at university. Uh, and so what I did was I just found pictures of the January sales, printed them onto some acetate, and people could clothe me in the January sales. That's a first for you, everybody. That's what you need to do. Uh, another one, this one takes a little while to get your head around. I don't know why I did it. It's just what you do. So this is, um, this is work attire. How do we costume for, for work? And also just looking at a body and messing it around. Uh, but this was my favourite costume of all time. Um, so this is just me wearing loads of balloons. Um, and this was a really hard one to wear. It took a long time for me to be able to sit down in that thing. Um, going to the toilet, let's not go there. Uh, but everywhere I would go, people wanted to take pictures. I was like squeezing through doors, popping all over the place. Um, it, was, it was not great, but you know got some good pictures and it helps with my visual aid this morning about this idea that what we wear affects our actions. Uh, if we choose to put on a robe that is a robe of selfishness, uh, then our actions are going to be selfish. But if we choose to put on honour and wear honour well on ourselves and value well, we're going to know how to honour and value others really well as well. Um, so what we wear influences our actions. So wearing honour, uh, that might affect our actions. We don't need to see that anymore, do we? No. <laughs> uh, by maybe we could uh, go and help somebody out that's struggling. We could go and make a coffee or a tea for someone at work. What other actions we could do to value somebody. Maybe we could join in with somebody's hobby that maybe isn't a hobby you would choose to do, but you know would honour them because you're spending time with them and you're seeing value in what they do. Maybe it is going and giving somebody a hand. Uh, this week, uh, mine and Martin's car broke down, which was really annoying. Um, and then we turned up at church at Bourneville, and the person that was on the welcome desk was like, had a good week. I was like, yeah, it's all right. And they were like, oh, you're fit and healthy cycling to work. I was like, oh, the car's broken. <laughs> yes. Uh, and that was literally the conversation we had. I carried on with the service. At the end, um, this person came up to us and just gave us their number and we're just like I can't practically help in any way but here's my number and if there's anything I can do I'd really love to help you somehow with your car and for me that was someone showing through their actions that I'm honored that I'm valued that they would choose to take the time out to go and find me and to care about my situation at a cost possibly for them 
P.S. If anyone has a car, we have no car. Little plug, if anyone knows of a car. Um, so that's maybe an example of a way that somebody was showing honour and value uh, to me this week through their actions. Uh, and maybe we could think about what are some ways that we could do that to people that we meet every day in our week that we have coming up. How could we, in our actions, honour somebody? Uh, we can also honour people through our words. Um, and I guess that what comes to mind immediately is this idea of gossiping one and talking badly of one another. And just how easy that is to do, whether it's at work, just, you know, a casual comment or even just in general day-to-day -day life that we think maybe we're just joking around or we're just sort of, you know passing the blame that it's so easy to just say dishonoring things about one another and just made me think about what if we were not just a church but a people who whenever somebody starts to say something about somebody that we immediately nip it in the bud and that we immediately stop that happening my husband martin is brilliant at this um i have definitely got a lot better at not talking badly about people because of him constantly nipping it in the bud with me and just being like Let's not talk about that, shall we? And actually, for a second, you're like, oh, but I really want to. And then you realize, actually, no, that is a more honoring thing to do, is to not say that. And so that might be a way that this week we could be more honoring to one another. And it's not an easy thing to do, especially when maybe people irritate us or maybe we feel like there's an injustice or we have been wronged. Um, but actually, that is what God commands us to do. And leads me on to my last sort of point about forgiveness. There's a little clip as well about gossip, about not letting unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. A little verse about that. Um, forgiveness is a really tricky thing to do. And for some of us here, um, that's quite a hard thing, uh, that we could honour one another by forgiving one another. Um, especially for people that we struggle to see value in, that maybe we struggle to understand how there is a value there and how can I honour that person. Um, I think, you know, God says that we should, like I said at the beginning, value others above ourselves and we should honour one another. And it isn't just the people that, you know, we love or that we respect, like Lauren Hendry, uh, or people that you have in your lives that you respect. It's about valuing everybody, no matter what flaws there are there. And for some of us, it's this idea that there are people that we know that, you know, maybe have hurt us, abused us, are arrogant to us, that don't like us. And what do we do? Do we, do we just smile? Um, how do we choose to speak well of those people? And, you know, if you're somebody that's hurting today and there is a real pain there, from something then just to say we are church together and we're family together and um, there are a prayer team available but also everybody here um, wants to honour one another and be part of your story and share um, with you. So please do feel like we are community and that you can speak to people if that is something that you need to work through and understand further. Um, I think forgiveness is probably one of the one of the hardest, but probably one of the highest ways we can honour one another. And as the Bible says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And you know, people fall short all the time. We all do. And we all sin. Um, 
And that's where we can forgive and we can honour people. We're called to honour all people as God has given us honour. And why are we called to do that? Because he forgave us. He has given us forgiveness when we didn't deserve it. And you know what? When we honour other people by forgiving them, um, what we do is we reveal God to them, pure and simply. In a world that doesn't really understand perhaps forgiveness, it's eye-opening. It is not the norm for us to be a people that forgive despite circumstances. Um, And what it does is it releases the kingdom of heaven and it brings God's presence. And perhaps today by dishonouring people through not forgiving or through dishonouring in our words or in our actions, we might be blocking something of what God wants to bring into our life, into our family, into our finances. There uh, There might be more. And God wants to release his kingdom in our lives, but also in the whole of the world. And that's why he calls us to honour one another, as well as all the other things we've looked at this summer, loving, serving and teaching and all the other ones. (laughs) And then, so finally to close, um, I recently went to a tattoo parlour, not for myself, um, but for my friend. Um, And while I was there, she was getting her tattoos done and there were some pictures up of people that have had different tattoos done. Um, And one of them had, sorry, I don't think it's too squeamish, but um, somebody had obviously had this tattooed onto them, live for honour. And they had had emblazoned, uh, permanently inked onto their chest, live for honour. Across their heart, live for honour. Not try and be honourable or do your best, but live for honour. In Philippians 2 verse 3, it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. So let us this week be people who learn to value ourselves and also to value others above ourselves.